This is episode number 64 with Lexi Ingrafia, funding specialist with Guidant Financial. Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Before we drop into the episode, a quick message from our sponsor, 919 Marketing. I've worked with 919 Marketing for years, and there's no one I trust more with my marketing needs in any of our businesses. I've worked with them in our franchise businesses, in my consulting business. I've worked with them on the franchisor side. And I love working with 919 because they take the time to listen. They take the time to understand what it is I'm looking to accomplish through my marketing, who I'm trying to reach, and then they help me put a plan together to do just that. I've worked with tons of marketing companies over the years, and too often it's a one-size-fits-all approach, but not with 919 marketing. In addition to that, they've developed some amazing technology called 919 Insights, franchising's first and only AI-powered analytics platform. With 919 Insights in place, 919 Marketing can identify the exact topics that matter to your franchise candidates and provide the specific roadmap to help your brand become the highest ranking and most trusted resource when they're searching for answers. So if you're ready to start getting better results from your marketing, and if you want a free demo of 919 Insights, reach out to Graham Chapman at 919-459-8157 or send them an email at gchapman at 919marketing.com to schedule your free demo today. So whether you're a franchisor, a franchisee, or just getting started in your first franchise business, make sure to check out 919 Marketing and tell them West Barefoot sent you. Now. Let's drop into the episode. All right. Excited to bring you this episode today because I know it's going to answer a lot of questions for the majority of the people in the audience. My guest today is Lexi Ingrafia. She is a funding specialist with Guidant Financial. And Guidant Financial works with anyone that's interested in getting into business for themselves to help make sure that they have a good funding strategy in place, right? They work with a lot of franchise businesses. So I've worked with Guidant for a long time. They help a lot of people uh, get the funding they need for franchise businesses, but they don't work exclusively in franchising. They also work with non-franchise businesses. And then beyond the initial funding, they work with existing business owners who may be looking to sell their business. They help with business appraisals. Uh, they may be looking uh, to help a business owner with equipment financing or get additional capital to expand their business. In the case of a franchise, maybe that's to buy more territory or to invest in another franchise business altogether. 
as I work with people through the process of identifying and investigating franchise businesses that are likely to be a good fit for them, I get a ton of questions about funding. And rightfully so. It's obviously a very important component of getting into business for yourself. How are you going to fund it? And so what Lexi and I talk about in this episode, I believe will answer a lot of questions that are top of mind for anyone that's considering getting into business for themselves, whether that's a franchise or not. So tune in. Lexi's an expert. Guided Financial's been at this forever. They've helped thousands and thousands of people uh, get the funding they need to start a business. Tons of good information here. So let's go ahead and drop in with Lexi Ingrafia. Lexi and I uh, were at a conference together about a, was that a month, month and a half ago? And uh, we're stuck at the airport waiting for flights out and just got to talking. And I was like, you should come on the podcast. So we're finally doing it. Um, Lexi, thanks for dropping in on the Path to Freedom podcast with me. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell the audience uh, who you are and what you do? Yeah, thanks, Wes. It would have been nicer to hear the Italian accent, but we'll go with that. Um, I'll, I'll try it at the end. <laughs> okay. But yeah, um, I'm Lexi. I have been in franchising for about 10 years now on the development side um, for the majority and uh, for the last three or four years on the funding side. So nice little balance there. Um, with Guidant for the last three years, Guidant Financial is small business funding. So not only for franchising, but for independent startups, mergers and acquisitions, you name it. Mm -hmm. uh, I specifically work in franchising for the most part. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be, but that's kind of my specialty. Yep. And um, Guidant's been around, let's say for, ooh, I don't know, it's been since 2003, but they're still independently owned and operated. I'd say they've financed over 10,000 entrepreneurs at this point. So it's wow. been about, yeah, I, I, I think it's a little over 60,000 like U.S. jobs that they've helped create. So you guys know a thing or two about what you're doing. Just a thing or two. Not, you know, not we don't like first, to brag. Yeah, not your first rodeo, though. Um, and I, I like that you have experience on the development side. And, and so when, when Lexi says development, she essentially means she sold franchises, uh, very similar to how I started my career in franchising. So you've seen that side of it, you know, kind of what goes into uh, the sales side of franchising, the research side of franchising. And I, and I would venture to say, just like I did, a lot of people that you worked with when you were on the development side had a lot of questions when it came to funding. How am I going to get the capital that I need to actually invest in a franchise if I decide I want to do it. So I, I would imagine that that experience has helped you in a lot of ways now that you are working on the funding side and actually helping people make sure they have a good funding strategy in place so that if and when they find a franchise that's right for them, they can make it a reality. Oh yeah, for sure. And at the time we had used really just like a small mom and pop uh, funding provider mm -hmm. until we got to the point where we were, you know, in upwards of 300 units. And at that point we had, you know, people that were transferring out of the system, people buying into the system. So we needed a funding provider who was more full suite, if you will. Mm -hmm. So Guidant not only does, you know, small funding, uh, small business funding, but they do 
business appraisals and valuations. They also do in-house payroll, tax and accounting. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to small business funding, it's more than just an SBA loan, which most people are familiar with. We have, you know, the rollover for business startups where you can use retirement funds, tax and penalty free. We have securities backed loans or portfolio loans, what they're more commonly known as. Mm -hmm. Um, And then alternative funding, right? Like unsecured um, lines of credit, uh, equipment leasing, so on and so forth. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there and a lot of opportunity to get creative. Yeah. And I love that about about Guidem because there, there's other companies out there that do similar things on the funding side, but it seems like you guys at Guidem are really structured so that, you know, you can help someone get into business for themselves. You can help them get the initial funding that they need, but then you can continue to be there for them as a resource and a partner as they grow their business, if they, you know, get ready to, to sell their business, um, or if they want to expand into maybe more units of the same franchise business or even get into another business altogether. Uh, it, it seems to be more of a comprehensive uh, suite of services that, that you're able to provide compared to some of the other funding companies out there. Exactly. Because people come to us from all walks of life, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not again, it's not just franchising. So we really focus on the client success. And that's why we've gone gone so far in the other direction. You know, we don't just help you get funding. We help you on the back end as well. Yeah. So so on that note, I mean, tell us a little bit more about what what your role at at Guidon is. Where do you come into the picture? Um, and, and what is kind of your specialty, I guess, uh, within guidance? Yeah. So I typically work with franchise consultants, as you know, such as yourself, and you guys really kind of paint the picture for us, um, which makes my job a little bit easier. But, uh, that said, typically when I'm speaking with a client that you would have referred over to me, they are pretty early on in the process, which I love because, I truly think the earlier that you get on board and understand funding, and it's not just the funding options that are out there, but really understanding like what your buying power is and how much you personally feel comfortable coming out of pocket, right? Mm -hmm. Because maybe you can afford up to five, $600,000, but do you want to come out of pocket, whatever down payments are required or, you know, so on and so forth. So it's really having that conversation to get comfortable with those numbers before you do too much homework and due diligence with the franchisor, because you don't want to waste your time, right? What's the point? I say it's like, this is more for the ladies, but like looking at wedding dresses, right? You don't want to start out looking at a $10,000 wedding dress when really the budget is probably closer to three, four grand, you know? Yeah, so Yeah. Well, I think it's a good analogy. And, and I'm really glad you brought this point up because this is a conversation I have with a lot of the people that I work with. Um, and, and the analogy I use is it's very similar to shopping for a new home, right? Most people right. go and get pre-qualified for a mortgage before they start going to open houses and, and really looking at specific homes they may be interested in because you need to know what can I afford, right? And that way you don't waste time looking at options that are maybe out of reach. Um, and, and it may open your eyes to the fact that, hey, there's some options that I can afford and would be comfortable with that you may not have. Uh, decided to look at if you hadn't gone through those initial steps. So, so what you're telling me is someone does that, that may be interested in talking with you and, and working with guidance does not need to know what franchise business they may want to invest in 
to start these conversations with you. Is that correct? Correct. Absolutely not. Because like I said, it's more than just understanding the funding options. It's really getting down to the nitty gritty and finding out, you know, what your risk tolerance is, what your buying power is, and understanding the process too, right? So based on the different funding options, what did the what does the process look like and how do we structure these deals to set you up for success? And making sure that how you fund today won't impact how you fund later down the road. I get a ton of questions like, Lexi, can I use a home equity line of credit to fund, you know, my first business, which, you know, generally is okay, but, Mm -hmm. you know, is that going to impact your ability to get an SBA loan down the road? If the SBA needs, you know, a home lien and you've eaten Mm -hmm. up all your equity, that could be a problem, you know? Yeah. You guys have that foresight to kind of think two, three steps ahead, if, if not more. And, and it's also good I think because in some cases, people may have multiple options available to them and some of those options they may not have been aware of. And so having some of these conversations and and what I like about how I know you operate and and how Guidant operates is it's very consultative in nature. You know, you're not trying to push one option over another on people. You're just kind of after you understand their financial situation a little bit, you're saying, look, these are the options that would be available to you. This is the buying power that you do have. And these are the implications of each of these different options. These are the pros and cons. And so it, it kind of gives people, uh, I think, a really good picture of, of what their pathway to funding a business or a franchise would be. And, and I always tell people, look, the earlier you can have these conversations and, and start to develop that picture the better. And, and I get pushback sometimes from people. They're like, well, I think I'd prefer to know like what franchises I'm going to be looking at before I take that step. And my response is, you know, cause I, I get some financial information from people when we first connect. Um, so I at least have an early indication of, all right, what types of franchises might be within range for them, which ones may not be, but it's not as in depth as what you guys do. Uh, and so I say, look, I can, I can start putting together some options for you, but if you go ahead and, and, you know, have a meeting or two with, with Lexi, then that's going to help me do a better job of selecting the right franchise businesses for you. Um, so that's, that's why I encourage people to, to engage with you guys as early in the process as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Get them over as soon as possible. And again, if now's not the right time, well, wouldn't you rather know that before you go through all of this um, yeah. rather than later? I mean, at least you know what you need to be working on at that point, right? Yeah. So, so tell us, that's a great point. Um, tell us what, I mean, what does the process look like, right? So if, if uh, I were to send someone over to you, make an introduction, I mean, what is kind of first step with guidance look like? Because I think sometimes this is what trips people up is they think it's, I don't know, going to be more in depth than it is, or they're they're going to be obligated to something or it's going to cost them something. So, I mean, tell the audience, what is, what is that kind of first phase of the process look like? Yeah, definitely non-committal in the very beginning, obviously Uh, we want to educate and, um, you know, just make sure that you have all of the options on the table. So typically I, I like to get to know each other, right. And hear a little bit about their background and then kind of get into some of the financials, right? And it's very high level, doesn't have yep. to be anything specific, but it does give me an idea of what we're working with before you actually have to fill out any sort of paperwork. So it's almost like a pre-pre-qualification, if you will. 
But um, I mean, honestly, from that call, we'll do a deeper dive typically into the SBA process. And from there, we'll go into the rollover. And if there are other options that make more sense, we'll generally discuss that at that point. But we do typically try to keep in touch as they're going through this process, because even though they tell me, you know, I'm still very preliminary, I think the process end, ends up happening a little bit faster than they realize. So I try to keep track of where we are in the process for them generally, and make sure that they understand that my next trigger point um, to determine where they need to be with funding is discovery days. And if we haven't done any sort of official pre-approval, then we should probably get that started before they actually go, because I don't think they realize it's, it's generally a couple of weeks after discovery day that you know, franchisors are looking for you to make some sort of decision for them um, and secure your territory, right? They're not going to hold it for you, assuming that someone else comes along and, you know, is also interested. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I, I coach everyone I work with that it was most of the good franchisors out there. They structure this whole due diligence or investigative process as an approval process. And a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people think, oh, I either decide I'm going to buy it or, or I don't. And that may be the case with some franchises out there, but the really good ones, the types of franchises that you and I work with, they're looking at the candidate just as hard as the candidates looking at them. They want to get to know the candidate. They want to feel confident that that person is going to be a good representative of their brand and going to have a high likelihood of being successful as a franchisee. So it's usually this discovery day that's at the kind of end of this due diligence process where the franchisor would come back and say, hey, congratulations, you're approved to become a franchisee if you decide it's a good fit. And you're, you're a little bit on the clock at that point. And, and you know, you use the wedding dress analogy earlier. This is the analogy I use with the people I coach. Um, it's kind of corny, but I'm like, look, it's almost like the franchisor got down on one knee and asked you to marry them. And if you're like, yeah, sounds good. But like, let me get back to you in a couple of months. They're going to be like, Ooh, uh, <laughs> like it's a, right. almost a little slap in the face. And you know, they're, they're not going to like hold a gun to your head and ask for an answer immediately, but you need to have a little bit of sense of urgency. And, and what I always tell people is like, look, if you're not certain this is the right opportunity for you, then you're probably not ready for discovery day. Um, because they are going to, either approve you or not approve you after discovery day and then want an answer. But your point is that you need to have, you need to know how you're going to fund the franchise going into discovery day. Um, if you're going to do that. And, and these days, a lot of brands are actually requiring that a candidate, you know, if they're planning to do an SBA loan, for example, that they have a pre-qualification letter that they can provide to the brand in order for them to, to get invited to discovery day. So it's in some cases necessary to, to go that far in the process. Exactly. And knowing how you're going to fund is also knowing how you're going to pay your franchise fees, right? Because there, yeah. there's oh, some yeah. finagling that we can do there, right? Because if you know, you're going to be doing, let's say an SBA loan, but you're going to be using the rollover to pay franchise fees and the down payment to your SBA loan, then we need to make sure that we've got your pre-approval done on the SBA side before we actually start the rollover, right? We don't want to roll retirement funds. And then for whatever reason, the bank decides, oh, we don't really want to do this deal. And we're like, oh, sorry, you know, now we've rolled your funds and here we are stuck holding the bag, right? Well, so, yeah, Absolutely making sure that that's all taken care of. And, you know, if client 
isn't starting the ROBS process in time, then maybe that means they have to pay cash for their franchise fee and reimburse themselves. So these are all conversations that we need to have so that everybody's expectations are managed and everyone feels comfortable and on the same page when it comes to the day of signing. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I run into some people that, that think they can, you know, manage all of this on their own and and sometimes based on their background, maybe they could to some extent, but I mean, this is what you guys do every single day and you've been doing it for years. So you understand how the process should flow. You understand some of these intricacies that, that go into it, which is again, why I always advise people, let's, let's make a connection early and then let's stay in good communication. Uh, and all of us should be talking me as the consultant, you as the funding specialist, the candidate that's researching the franchises, the more we communicate, the more we stay on the same page, the smoother, everything is going to go and correct me if I'm wrong, but you can get a pre-qualification for someone on an SBA loan without it costing them a dollar, without it requiring even a hard pull on their credit. So there's no impact on, on their credit score. I mean, you can get to that point in the process with literally no obligation, correct? no commitment, no money spent. I mean, there's really no reason not to, you're just getting good, guidance through through this pretty complicated process. Yeah, exactly. So generally we just need personal financial statement. We'll do a soft credit pull, you're right. So it will not show or affect anyone's credit. Um, a lot of times if you do have like an existing business that you currently own, we'll want to see tax returns. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it um, as far as what we need to do, just an initial prequal for your personal financials. Um, an official prequalification the bank will obviously want to see that themselves and, of course, um, determine what concept they're looking at specifically, because that obviously determines on what bank you're going to use and what terms you're going to have and so on and so forth. Right. So you guys heard it directly from Lexi, not just from me. It is a pretty painless process, and there's no reason not to leverage the experts as you're trying to, to navigate this, right? So. Uh, There's a lot that I can help people with through this process. Uh, I know enough about the funding to be dangerous, but I leave it to the experts like Lexi to to really uh, connect the dots on the funding side. Um, You know, we've talked about different options, right? You've brought up SBA, you've brought up rollovers, you mentioned some other options earlier. Could you kind of take us through some of these different options? Because most people have probably heard of SBA, especially if they've uh, researched buying a business or buying a franchise in the past. Uh, SBA loans are pretty common uh, for people getting into franchise businesses. But but for anyone that's maybe not as familiar with with an SBA loan, and there's there's different types of SBA loans too. So maybe take us through kind of a quick overview of the SBA uh, loan landscape, some of the different options and, and who an SBA loan may be right for. Sure. Yeah. So SBA stands for small business administration, right? These are those government backed loans, meaning there is a government guarantee that if you take a loan out and you default on it, um, assuming that the bank, you know, did their prudent lending practices, then the government will step in and reimburse the bank up to a certain percentage of what you have left to pay on that loan. Assuming that you have financially exhausted yourself and you just cannot afford to repay it, right? Right. But 
Um, yeah, like you said, Wes, there are different types of SBA loans. Um, generally speaking, there's one that's uh, just a typical 7A is what they call it, which are you know, generally over $150,000. Um, and those that are under are generally called an SBA express loan, if you will. Not that they're very express right now, given our <laughs> lo lovely economy. <laughs> yeah, the express is a bit misleading. Um, it, right. It's not necessarily more timely. It's just uh, for lower dollar amounts, right? 150K and under. Yeah. Yeah. And they are generally meant for more service-based businesses, if you yep. will. Uh, obviously, they're going to be a, a bit less being there's no build out or anything required. Right. Um, you can usually get away with lesser down payments. It just really all depends on the concept. But for most, uh, I would say bigger, more brick and mortar, you're looking at 20 to 30% down. Um, so on a $300,000 investment, 30% down, if we're being conservative, is about 90 grand that you want to expect. Mm -hmm. uh, could be a, a bit less, but uh, cash reserves, how much you want to have left over after you've paid your down payment. A good rule of thumb is, you know, no less than 25 grand, but generally 10% of the total investment. So in this example, 10% would be 30 grand, right? Yep. So we're, we're looking at about 120 all in for a $300,000 investment. But um, they also want to see good credit scores, uh, usually 680, 690 or higher with no derogatory mm -hmm. remarks, no late payments, no medical collections, that sort of thing. Um, and if you are catching on the checklist that I'm going through, uh, they all start with C's, right? So the first one was capital injection. The second one was cash reserves. The third one is credit score. The fourth one is going to be um, character, which okay. is basically like a background check, right? They want to make sure yeah. we don't have any criminal charges, no federal debts, things like that. Yep. Um, and they also want to see your resume. But uh, the fifth one is your collateral, right? Generally, most lenders want collateral on the deal, which is typically in the form of your primary residence. Um, mm -hmm. But outside of that, um, even if you don't have collateral on the deal, they still require a personal guarantee, which means you're personally liable for that loan, right? Yeah. And then the last one is capacity, right? Just your wherewithal to take on an additional note per month. So the bank is generally looking at your debt load and comparing your fixed monthly expenses, and they divide it by your gross monthly income. And we can work with anything under 70%, but ideally it's under 40%. So okay. all in all, that's what they're really looking for to determine if you're going to be a qualified borrower. Right now, the interest rates are, you know, it's going to be prime plus two and a quarter, two and three quarters. That's really the top line right now. So about six, six and a half percent. Um, they're not fixed rates. They are variable. And uh, you can expect some closing costs, but 10 years, no prepayment penalty is what you could expect for the term. But that's generally speaking an SBA loan for you. Wes here. You may have noticed there's a franchising theme to this podcast. And that's because franchising's had a massive impact on my life. And it's the very reason I'm walking my own path to freedom. In fact, one of my companies is a franchise consulting company where I work with people to help them understand franchising and determine if it might be a good fit for them. And if it is something they want to explore, then I help them navigate the entire investigative process and ultimately find a franchise business that's a great match for them. You know, the fact of the matter is there are thousands and thousands of franchise businesses out there today. And like anything, there are good ones and there are bad ones. Even out of the many, many great franchise companies, not every one of them would necessarily be a good fit for you. You know, buying a franchise is a huge decision and you don't want to wing it. 
I've helped many people buy franchise businesses over the years, and my wife and I have bought and own franchises today, and we plan to keep investing in franchise businesses. I love helping people understand this process and help them find a business that's going to be a great fit for them and help them accomplish their goals and ultimately create that freedom in their life that we're all looking for. The best part of all of this is that my services are free to the people I work with. And while I do love to contribute to charities and other great causes, I'm not a nonprofit. I'm compensated by the franchise companies I work with when I introduce them to someone that ends up becoming one of their franchisees. It's very similar to real estate, but with franchises. I have the privilege of working with hundreds and hundreds of the best franchise companies out there across practically every industry. So I can be absolutely confident that when I recommend someone to look at a franchise company, I'm introducing them to a very credible and proven company with a solid business model and great support. So if you think you might be interested in learning more about franchising and seeing if it might be right for you, I'd love to speak with you. Get in touch with me by email at wes at path2freedom.com, path, the number two, frdm.com. And also check out my website at path2freedom.com, spelled the same way, where I've got a ton of resources, both franchise and non-franchise related, that will help you start down your own path to freedom. And of course, subscribe to and follow the podcast for more great advice about business ownership. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in speaking with me, please share this podcast with them. Thanks for listening to my shameless plug. Now let's drop back into the episode. You can tell she knows her stuff and you may <laughs> want to rewind and listen to that on like half speed to make sure you, you catch everything. But I like how you kind of presented it as if I was counting correctly, you've got the six C's that, yep. that kind of go into uh, qualifiers for whether you can get a loan or not. And I mean, one thing I wanted to point out, cause you're talking about kind of the amount of, um, I guess liquid funds that you might need using your example of a $300,000 loan. I think you'd said 120, 125, but some of that's just cash reserves, right? It's not money that, exactly. that the borrower would actually be investing in the business. It's just money that the bank wants to see that they have on hand, I suppose for a rainy day or, or, you know, that they're not completely tapped out after their, their capital injection. Exactly. You got it. And um, like I said, it's the, the capital injection or the down payment is generally somewhere between 20 and 30. So in this example, I used a more conservative number, said 30%, which would be about $90,000. Now, if they don't necessarily have the cash on hand, but they do have some eligible retirement funds, then they could actually use that without paying taxes and penalties as their down payment. So they're not depleting their cash reserves, the money that the bank does just want to see sitting in a bank account, right? Um, for a rainy day, like you say. So tell us a little bit more about how someone could leverage retirement funds to do something like start a business. Because uh, mm -hmm. you mentioned that, that you can do that without the tax penalties that would typically be associated with tapping into retirement funds prematurely. So how is a company like Guidant able to, to help someone do that? Yeah, so uh, it's a terrible acronym, but you could thank the IRS because this is also, um, you know, government regulated, if you will, but it's yeah. called ROBS, R-O-B-S, and it's right. a rollover for business startups. But yeah, it is a legitimate ERISA tax Um 
program, if you will, that allows you to take your retirement funds without having to pay the taxes and penalties on it, assuming that they're qualified, right? So um, they have to be, you know, from a prior employer. So maybe like a rollover 401k or IRA, um, you need to have around 40,000 or more in there to qualify. Shouldn't be inherited. So nothing from a parent, grandparent, um, a late spouse is okay though. Okay. Um, and then uh, non-Roth, right? We can do Roth 401k, just not Roth IRA. IRA. But yeah. yeah, typically it's a Roth IRA that most people have. But assuming you have just like traditional rollover funds, you're able to use those through the ERISA tax code to actually invest in your business, whether you want to pay for the whole thing outright through Rob's or you want to combine it with an SBA loan. So how common is this? Because I, I find a lot of people... This is like a foreign concept to them. I see it fairly often, and it can be a great way um, to, to get the capital you need to start a business. I mean, I, I've worked with a lot of people over the years that would say, hey, I'd rather tap into this investment money that's kind of sitting on the sideline, getting me 7 to 8% return and go put it to work in a business that I feel confident will get a better return. And then they don't have to take on any debt in the process. I've seen plenty of people use exclusively retirement funds to, to start a franchise business. Yeah, once they understand that they don't have to take out debt, I mean, yeah. they're kind of sold at that point. It is not a loan, right? It's essentially yeah. like using your own cash. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when we talk about risk and understanding what that means, you know, for an SBA loan, you have typically your house on the deal. You definitely have that personal guarantee. There's no getting around that. But with the with the Rob's program, it's essentially the same concept as the stock market crashing, right? Yeah, if business were to go belly up, you might lose some in retirement, but you don't owe anybody anything. You don't have to pay the IRS anything. You don't owe taxes on that. It was just an investment that you lost on. So once they understand that concept and they keep an open mind as I'm going through how we set the whole thing up and how it works and how we move the money, they're very intrigued. Now, it might take a minute to digest because it's not, like you say, a typical loan process. It's right. generally the first time they're hearing it. So I say, just take it all with a grain of salt. I'm going to send you some literature after. Um, but it's probably, I would say, 70% rollovers, 30% SBA. Now, does that include how many are doing them combined? Mm -hmm. No, but right. you know, it's yeah. uh, it's it's definitely intriguing for those who are more open to the idea of using uh, investments. Yeah, it's a great point you bring up around risk because the other thing you got to take into account if you're doing something like an SBA loan is you're going to have to start paying that loan back pretty quickly, right? And so whatever that monthly payment is that cuts into the cash flow of your business. Whereas with a rollover, you know, there's some nominal fees, I, I think that right. go with a rollover, but nothing compared to, you know, what an SBA loan, um, what the, the debt service payments would be. So, you know, you could expect stronger cash flow early on in the new business if you didn't have that debt to go with it. So that's something I'm always telling people to, to look at if they're considering one option over the other. And as you've mentioned, you can combine them. Uh, and I see that happen pretty often where someone may say, look, I don't want to tap out all of my retirement. You know, I'd like to leave a good portion of it there. But if I take some of it, then that requires me to take a lesser SBA loan. So there's less debt on the line. Uh, the payments will be smaller. 
Um, so that can be a really good option for a lot of people too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people just don't realize how available it actually is to them. And, you know, as long as they can wrap their brain around the opportunity there, um, then it's a no brainer to me in that, in that regard. Yeah. And it, it is fairly complicated in terms of like what a company like Guidant does behind the scenes to, to facilitate the transfer of money and to do it in a way that it's legitimately um, not eligible for, for taxes, uh, for, for taking that money out prematurely, not something I would recommend someone try to navigate on their own. Um, but it is legit. Like I've had people ask me like, this sounds a little sketchy. This isn't legit. This can't be legit. And I'm like, no, it is like people have been doing this for decades uh, as a way to, to fund businesses, but you need someone like guidant that knows exactly how that process needs to go to make sure that it's legit. Yeah. I mean, you're dealing with um, the ERISA tax law, right? That's been around since the 1970s. So the, the rollover program has been around since the 1970s. It's the fact that you're dealing with the IRS and you want to make sure that you're doing everything according to plan is why you would want a funding provider like Guidant, because like you said, uh, not every Joe Schmo is going to be able to, you know, understand some of the terminology or what needs to be done. And all of that back end stuff is exactly what we handle. I mean, this is the reason we were founded in the first place was specifically for the rollover program. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can be a great option. Um, you know, if you have, have eligible funds, um, Talk to me about some of the other options. You mentioned, you know, HELOCs earlier. You mentioned unsecured loans. I mean, um, I think you mentioned even um, like portfolio loans yeah. or lines of credit. I mean, just talk to us. What are some of the other? I know we don't have time to get into probably every option that Guidant could help with, but outside of rollovers and SBA loans, which I would venture to say are probably the most, the two most common strategies that you see people using, what are some of the other options that may be available to people out there? Yeah, the rollover and the SBA are generally our most popular options. But um, I would say in the last year, uh, obviously, with interest rates being as low as they've been, um, home equity lines of credit have been great. Um, now, I will say, are you technically supposed to use HELOCs for uh, small business? Not really. But, you know, I can't count all my fingers and toes how many of my clients have filled out applications saying they're, they're doing new home improvements and, you know, those improvements never come. But, uh, well, but look, here's the deal. I mean, I've got two people doing it right now, uh, but they're both home-based businesses. Yeah, absolutely. So, so um, yeah, I see HELOCs all the time. and All the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. Technically, it's not what they're meant for, but... Um, it hasn't deterred anyone thus far. Let's just say and, that. And it doesn't seem like anyone's looking all that closely at, you know, what are you doing no. with this money? Once you open, once you open the loan and you're approved, do you think they're coming back and asking you what you're doing with it? No. Nope. As long as you're but, making uh, the payments. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then outside of home equity lines, you know, um, securities backed loans or portfolio loans, same thing, have been hugely popular. Now, not everyone's going to be able to qualify for this because you do have to have a decent amount in a brokerage account, right? Those stocks, bonds, mutual funds outside of retirement. So outside of IRA, outside of a 401k, yep. if you have a decent amount, you can take a either a line of credit or a loan against that brokerage amount um, for some fairly low rates. Uh, yeah. They're generally interest only loans. So you don't have to pay on the principal until you're ready to just pay the thing off. Mm -hmm. um, and we can usually get you somewhere between 
60 and 80 percent of the brokerage value, which is pretty nice. So if you have a sizable amount, you could just pay for the whole business outright through that. You know, it yeah. really all depends. Uh, my last client, I think he because there's no terms on these loans, right? You don't have an, yeah. uh, a timeline to pay it off. But I think he agreed not to pay it off for at least six years. And so for the first three, it was like, I don't know, one point seven, five percent, something ridiculously low. And then the next three was like a flat two. So, yeah. you know, when comparing apples to apples, that to an SBA loan, yeah. again, it's a no brainer, right? Yeah. And I mean, you, you're you right. You do have to have a, a certain amount. Do you, do you have like a rule of thumb of, of like what's kind of the minimum that you would need in a brokerage account to be able to, to leverage that mm-hmm. option? Yeah, I'd say about a hundred grand. You want right. to have at least to take any sort of, you know, line of credit that's worth it anyway. Yeah, I think that's an, an option that's overlooked uh, more than it should be because I've had people over the years um, and, and even recently do lines of credit against their portfolio and the the rates were better. There weren't really any terms and it was fast. I mean, I had a guy mm-hmm. last year and he, he did a sizable amount. I mean, he had a, a sizable portfolio for sure, like multi seven figures, but um, he, he kind of pivoted and decided he was going to do that versus an SBA loan. And literally within like four business days of him deciding that's the direction he wanted to go in, he had the funds. Um, so compared to an SBA loan, that's lightning fast. Um, even compared to a rollover, that's quick. And I don't know if that's always the case that, that it can happen that quickly. But you know, if you have a, a decent brokerage account or portfolio, that could be a really, really nice option. Absolutely. Super fast, super easy. Um, yeah, I'd recommend that over an SBA loan if you felt comfortable doing so any day, especially right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but I- so, but that is something that guidance able to, to help uh, someone navigate, right, is actually setting up that line of credit or that loan against their portfolio. Absolutely. Yep. We can definitely help with that. And like you said, um, we also have alternative funding that we can help with. And I will say it's uh, it's generally not something people are the most excited about for startups, but, um, you know, like an unsecured line of credit, uh, especially if you need something small, you know, maybe under a hundred grand. Um, it's basically like credit card stacky, if you will. Right. A lot mm. of times though, we can help you get 0% interest for the first year, which is nice. Mm. Um, yeah. But then if you don't pay it off within that amount of time, of course, you're stuck with much higher rates on the back end. Yeah. So Th- those are probably the options for someone that, maybe isn't able to qualify for an SBA loan, um, you know, maybe had some some credit issues in the past and are still in the process of getting their credit score back up. Uh, in my experience is, is who that those unsecured loans would probably be of interest to. But, you know, there's people out there, I've worked with these people where they'd rather take a loan with a higher rate, you know, an unsecured loan, and, and use that as a mechanism to get into business for themselves and start building something for themselves compared to not doing anything. Um, right. And I've seen people go on to build very successful businesses and that's how they, they got into it in the first place. And that was their only option. So mm-hmm. don't, don't want to write it off, but if you, you know, some of the other options we've already talked about would be available to you. That's probably, you know, the direction you're going to go in first. Um, have we left anything out 
uh, options wise? Uh, I mean, we, I think we've covered them for the most part. We do have equipment leasing, which is basically like lease to own, but a lot of okay. these companies, uh, like franchises that have heavy equipment usually already have some sort of equipment financing in place. So it's not yeah. often that we have to use it, but it's there if need be. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so as, as the listeners can see, there's, there's a lot to understand. There's a lot to think about. Um, many people, have more options available to them than they probably imagined. Um, so that's why a company like Guidant, someone like Lexi can add so much value uh, for anyone that's that's going through this process. And, and as Lexi mentioned earlier, it doesn't have to be a, a franchise business, right? If you're just looking to get capital to start something that's, that's non-franchise, they're in a position to do that as well. Um, we're recording this, what is it like mid August, 2021. Um, so I, I don't usually try to like timestamp things on the podcast, but be, because of everything that's gone on for the last 18 months, COVID related, it has changed the SBA landscape quite a bit. Uh, and I know I've been getting a lot of questions from people I'm working with about SBA. Can, can you quickly just kind of share with us? Like, what does the SBA landscape look like today? And how does that compare to maybe what it looked like pre-COVID? And, and for someone in your position, what is the outlook for SBA going forward? Understanding, of course, that you don't have a crystal ball. Right. Uh, so assuming I don't have a crystal ball, but... Um, if you do, you better tell me. <laughs> I can't tell you on the podcast. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I'll be getting call. I'll have cousins and lands I never knew of, but... Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, right now, obviously, these lenders are just really tightening up on their requirements. They really want stronger borrowers. So, you know, I would expect higher down payments for right now. Um, and it's not every lender, but just in general, higher down payments. Um, you, there's no real wiggle room on negotiating interest rates. I mean, it's always going to be prime plus, you know, the two and a quarter, two and three quarters. So um, that and then, you know, the experience that the candidates bring to the table has actually been pretty imperative the last, like you said, 18 months because of COVID and everything else. They want to ensure that you've got the skills necessary to run this business successfully. So I've actually had people, um, you know, when beefing up their resume, maybe writing out like a separate summary of experience, you know, maybe mm. it's something that you wouldn't normally put on a resume, but if you think it would give the bank some insight as to why you're wanting to do this concept, then absolutely anything you can do to make them feel more confident. Right. Yeah. Um, but prior to COVID yeah, definitely more lax, right. It was a lot easier to get through the process. It's still not a super fast process regardless. It's like any loan, but it was definitely quicker. Um, they were more lax and the interest rates, um, they were actually maybe like a point or two higher, it just depending on the loan amount. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at the interest rates as a make it or break it thing within the SBA. Right. But, uh, moving forward, you know, with the recent spike, I, I think they maybe have tightened up just a bit again, but I would say, you know, in the next six to 12 months, they're going to start bringing people back on. Uh, we actually brought on a new lender who is going to be willing to do more emerging brands, brands that are newer, right? And they have less than 50 units actually open and operating. Yeah. Um, a lot of banks at the beginning of COVID really weren't into funding those, right? Because sure. they're just 
wasn't a ton of track record. They didn't know what to expect for these. Uh, but lately they've been opening back up to that, but we have brought on a new lender who is nationwide and really open to things that are under 350,000, even emerging. So we're excited to see that. Yeah, no, that's, that's great news. And, and I agree. I think, you know, there may be a, a small step backwards as, as we see some spikes, but, you know, hopefully things kind of come back and, and the banks get a little more eager to, to start writing more of these loans. And, and there was some government, um, I guess you would call them incentives, you know, during COVID for, for some of these banks to continue doing SBA loans, um, you know, to, to help the economy and help people continue trying to get into business for themselves. But it's been interesting, uh, to say the least. Uh, and you mentioned something earlier, bringing a, a new bank into your network. So I wanted to, to, make sure everyone was clear. So Guidant is not a, a bank, right? You guys are not writing loans right. yourself. You essentially have a network of banks that you work with. And as you are working with an individual or, or a husband and wife or potential business partners, you know kind of what they're looking for. You can go and essentially shop their loan package with these different banks and bring them back the, the best option. Is that a pretty accurate summary? Exactly. We have a generally a handful of banks that are, you know, just really eager to lend. Obviously, we have others in our back pocket. But yeah, once you guys have an idea of what you're looking at, we can take your pre-qualification forms and float that to our top, you know, like four or five lenders that we know are really eager right now and see what kind of terms they come up with. And then we come back to you guys. Um, kind of give you the feedback and then you determine which bank that, you know, you want to work with to get um, an LOI or a letter of intent. Yeah. And is it safe to say that the banks that that you work with are all very familiar with franchising? Um, it's not like a foreign concept to them because I've seen some people say, well, I'm just going to go to my credit union. And, you know, I, I know the guy down at my credit union really well. And, and the, like franchising is like a foreign concept to them. They're like, wait, you want it, You're going to do what? Yeah. Um, so there, I think there's some advantage to, to working with banks that do a lot of these loans for franchise businesses because they get it. They're probably familiar with uh, a lot of the brands out there that someone may be looking at. Um, what's, what's your experience there? Absolutely. Franchising is its own animal, right? Yeah. So if a yeah. bank's not familiar with what a FDD or a franchise disclosure document is, they're going to be like, well, what am I looking at? Right. Yeah. Um, but for us, obviously we're experts in the field and we help people with, you know, FDDs and different business plans across the board. So it's easier for us to pair you with a bank who's already familiar with that brand, knows what's going on, knows what's to it, knows what to expect. So generally, the process is a, a lot less painless and um, a lot quicker, for sure. Yeah, it's a good point. I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, you're you're actually helping your clients that are doing SBA loans. You're helping them with the projections that the bank is looking for. You're helping them with the business plans. I mean, there, there's a lot of work that goes into that. And in my opinion, it's painstaking work. It's like the least fun part of starting a business. But uh, I'm not a, you know details type of guy it stuff makes me miserable um so you guys are doing a lot of the heavy lifting for your your clients in that regard and and in my mind that's huge value versus trying to figure it all out yourself because you know what these banks are looking for what type of format they want it in 
uh, as you mentioned earlier, you're you're helping your clients really present themselves as the strongest borrower that they can in the eyes of the bank. Exactly. We want to make sure that we have the best package that we can send to them. So it's easier for a bank to flip through based on what they like to see and give us a quick yes or no, right? We want to put our best foot forward for the client. So yeah, it's a lot of that initial heavy lifting to make sure that the projections and the business plans are up to par. Yeah. Very, very valuable services that you're providing. Um, one last question, and I, I know I've kept you for a while. There's just so much to talk about. And I know, you know, funding is one of the things that that most of the people I work with just have a ton of questions about. But I mean, does guidance specialize in any type specific types of franchise businesses? Is there any particular vertical or industry that that you would say is like your specialty or is it it kind of across the board? Honestly. For us, it's across the board. Um, we can do service-based brick and mortar, but there's not one particular brand or industry that we're really known for. It is honestly going to depend on, um, you know, the strength of our borrower, of course. It's going to depend on the concept and our lovely economy as to whether or not, you know, we can really help you get across the finish line. But generally, if we have all three of those, um, and most of the time we do, then, you know, we're good to go. I love it. Well, hey, thank you so much for sharing all of your valuable expertise and insight with us here. Um, any final thoughts, anything you'd like to, to say before we put a bow on this one? I just want to thank you, Wes, for having me on. And if anyone is interested um, in talking further, you can reach me at um, Lexi, L-E-X-I dot Ingraphia, I-N-G. R-A-F-F-I-A at guidantfinancial.com. And my direct line is actually 425-589-0671. Awesome. We'll put all that in the show notes to, to make it easy for people to find you as well. Uh, if they want to just learn more about Guidant in general, website? Guidantfinancial.com. Beautiful. All right. And that was in Grafia, right? In Grafia. That was beautiful. Much better. Yours was better than mine, but I'll keep working on it. Um, Lexi, seriously, thank you so much. I know anyone that listens to this uh, is going to learn a lot, likely have a lot of questions that they already had floating around, answered. Uh, so really appreciate you making time to drop in here on the Path to Freedom podcast. Absolutely. Anytime. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path2FRDM.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.